0: this is alan this is brandon and welcome to d6 minutes the companion podcast to dice over everything that is currently taking over our podcast uh where we talk
1: about uh topics for as long as the dice decide all right so in terms of things taking over what's been taking over your hobby time lately uh five minutes Right, so maybe this is just talking about stuff all
0: right so there's been a couple of things um i said that i finished my uh hack Lam, uh army uh before well enough to actually play but i actually uh hadn't finished the the what do you call it
1: have you finished the, the
0: protection varnishing no no, no i finished that stuff, the varnishing and uh, the bases, which I did not Mm -hmm. complete. And I realized that I have kind of a formula for the bases, but um, I didn't like it. No, there's like, I basically painted a long time ago a different base for the same army, but that was just like playing. I used, you know, like normally I just used the extra paint that I had. And I put it on the base, and I really like this one base that I did off off my formula. Off formula? Uh oh. Off formula, and I'm like, how did I do this base? It looks like so good, and I, I and, and so I'm thinking like, so I basically ended up completing my bases, and recently, so afterwards, which, you know, remember guys, your your miniature is not actually done until you've completed your base. So I lied last time, basically. Uh, but now I'm thinking maybe I'm still not done because I want to redo them in the base. And I realized just now, after like, you know, I realized this because I basically laid out all my miniatures together and looked at them and smiled. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm done. I can actually go play. I actually got, I've got quite a few now. I've got like, I don't know, 20? 20, 20 miniatures, which is yep. quite cool. Um, but now I might have to go and redo. Options. Yeah, yeah. The, the, a lot of them are just... Uh, ghoulams though like most of them are ghoulams and uh robots
1: which are the line and a couple of and them cannot of like... even
0: go into Hackers two of them cannot so it's basically i i've told the I built enough, yeah,
1: yeah
0: yeah i built enough for my to to play the hack my first assassin's army that i was going to play but technically i do still have a couple still on the on the painting table um yeah so but after seeing them all lined up and realizing that one of these bases looks a lot cooler, maybe I will end up redoing it if I can replicate that base. I think basically what I did is I used skin color on the base. Because I had a lot of skin color left one time, and I was just like, I'll just put this on the base. It ended the bases- up like a desert army. Oh, yeah. Are like, the base is so. like a reddish desert thing? Yeah, so that – yeah, yeah. And so the, the, the way I'm doing it right now, uh, I don't – really put that much red in right i have some red but like i feel like the using the skin color put in a lot more which i like more very rich right An orange a nicer orange rich orange which i did not have on my bases
1: mm-hmm.
0: so i might have to redo
1: them i don't know we'll see sounds like adeptus mechanicus bases anyhow but less red yep all right yep so I've, been paint- I've still been painting away on the void elves because they have a ridiculous amount of detail from the raging heroes line Mm-hmm. But finished up doing the non metallic metal parts of them. And mm-hmm. it was just from doing that, like getting super high contrast into your NMM is really important to make it actually look like it's shining. So, yeah. one thing I think, I don't know if I've been doing it, but not thinking about it, is that black lining is a pretty important part of doing like NMM. Just like when there's hard edges in between, getting that black line in there matters. I don't know. Either. I'm not yeah. sure. But black portions, sure. I found the black black getting it getting it down to being dark and just like lines, yeah. like defining, like your edge highlighting matters more, but the black lining matters a fair bit too, just to get the contrast up there. So I found that with just speed up doing the black lining process, where there's too many lines close together, if you've got sort of like intricate metallic shapes all joining together, which Raging Heroes likes to do, that like for the nice open areas with a black line down it for just like wherever there's like an inside corner or the edges, you just black line that like normal. But then when things get too close together, just break out a black wash and just put it on really thin into the recesses. And sure you lose the color in the middle a little bit cause you're washing, but it's so close together anyways that you, you get most of it done just by applying a wash rather than be like, no, I have yep. to black line every little interior bit. Just break out a wash for when things get super close together, and just hit it with a black wash.
0: Yeah, man. Actually, I really like the black. I've been using not the, a black wash, but the black contrast paint. It's basically the same kind of thing, except it's yeah. a lot darker. So you should yeah, probably you should take a look at the black contrast paint. Yeah, that's probably gonna
1: fill in. Not, not,
0: not obviously the the not the uh, gaze workshop one, which costs an arm and leg. But the army painter one.
1: Well, I'm I'm already using army painter dark tone, which is the black wash. So.
0: No, I mean like literally the the contrast paint. I I cannot recommend it, especially for something like this. Sorry, I cannot recommend it enough. Not,
1: not recommend mm-hmm. it. Well, yeah, because something exactly prob-
0: like you're saying is great.
1: Well, because you could probably combine part of your shadow painting with that black lining process. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: and you can add a little bit of actual paint into it to make it uh, stick a little bit better and be the right color.
1: I already do that that to paint shadows, so I basically make contrast paint. Anyhow. All right. On to some other topics other than what we've been doing in the hobby.
0: All right. So uh, I don't know if you have sensed this, but um, I've been really thinking about robot miniatures.
1: Because you bought Battletech?
0: I bought a couple Battletech miniatures. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there's this other game called Steel Rift. It was, uh, I think it's Death Bye. Ray Designs uh, with the rules by Ash Barker. Okay. Guerrilla miniature games. It's like a combo thing. What do you think about it?
1: I haven't looked at it. So that's, you're going to get nothing. Right, one
0: minute. Well, that's easy then. So, you so I looked, at, about I looked
1: at his previous game with the mechs do you remember its name yep um
0: not at the moment i actually literally had it on my on my shelf it was yeah go on anyways
1: know that one didn't look super interesting to me so it seems weird that he's releasing another mech game so quickly after that was my only thought on it
0: i actually like this newer one so it's basically like for 8mm or 1 to 285 or something like that.
1: I don't know what the actual scale is. So um, smaller than Adeptus Titanicus. Adeptus Titanicus well, is about 10, I think. It's about 10 millimeter.
0: I, I think it is smaller, I guess. I don't know. Yep. Maybe the same size. Maybe it's <laughs> the same size. I don't know. Um, yeah, maybe it is the same size than as Adeptus Titanicus. Um, in any case... Um, it looks really cool. The mechs look cool. Um, and uh you get to assemble them and put on the little like guns and everything like that. Which is what I'm really looking forward to. So I really, really, really want to end up buying it, even though I bought a bunch of battletech minis. I'm like, oh this is this is kinda what I want with robots, right? So, so I guess we them might be going them together.
1: We might be going over, but is it the same scale as battletech?
0: I believe so, yeah. yeah
1: so it's battletech alternative. Interesting.
0: Okay. Alright. Alright. You got one?
1: Yes. I, I'm just trying to think of something that comes easily after this. So on the note of newth getting new things, we talk about Kickstarters a lot. So mm-hmm. I was looking at like we both have probably bought a lot of Mantic terrain, and Mantic has recently come out or they're coming out with a line of sci-fi terrain accessories. But they've decided oh, to kickstart they've decided to kickstart this one when every previous one has always been just retail releases. Just wondering what your thoughts like it's not a huge pack either. It's sort of in line with the typical pack size. Just wondering what your thoughts are on like companies transitioning away from retail products on the same line then over to Kickstarters.
0: Alright, three minutes. So we'll have one after this. Um I think they need to do whatever it takes to survive so i and and it makes and whatever makes the most sense for them economically I'm not like a lot of people who are who hold this like idea that you know Kickstarter should only be for whatever small small businesses or or, or whatever like that that'd be kind of cool I guess but it really is just a platform to, to launch things, right? And it's great for advertising, and it, it, you know, it builds in a lot of the infrastructure that you would have to do yourself if you ended up doing that, but, but other companies have done, right? There's already an alternative, right, called GameFound. So I don't really see it. I see this more as like Kickstarter, more as like an infrastructure provider, And an infrastructure and advertising provider that's like saying, oh, you know, uh, Games Workshop shouldn't advertise on Facebook just because, you know, small businesses, that's the only way they can really advertise, right? No, they're going to do what they need, you know, that they need to do to make the most profit for themselves. So I don't really think it's that bad. And also, Mantic is a very small company. So to me, I'm like, who knows how well they're actually doing? Maybe they actually need this. So to me, I think it's...
1: They made it to store yep. shelves, so they're not like non existent, but they're not yeah. huge so to me like i I think it's
0: fine. I think they need to do you know even selling directly, like if they need to do that to survive, and that's the only way that it can make money like that's what they need to do and I think that's sometimes often crappy for the uh, uh for stores retailers. for retailers. But that's more about, you know, the way we have, uh, you know, structured our society to, and and, well, structured the industry, right? I said society because I was gonna gonna get into this whole capitalism bad thing, but I'll I'll leave that out.
1: But specifically, we didn't didn't roll a six, no.
0: Yeah, sorry. So, um, but in terms of the industry, like. That's an issue with our retailers, right? Like we need – we want retailers as consumers because we actually want a place to play, right? But if there was an alternative model for our place to play, then it's fine if we all got our miniatures and stuff to do at home, right? It'd be fine In fine fact, if now that I'm so into 3D printing.
1: That's what I was going to say. They could just sell you STLs and you'd be like, good enough? Yeah, and then –
0: I think we just need to move that kind of industry that, that, that way so that, you know, the, the retail can survive and even thrive without having to be, having to charge like overcharge for product, right? Because you're literally, people go there and play and hang out and do all these kind of things that are, that's the reason why people still want them, not because they sell games, workshop miniatures, right? Or whatever kind of things, right? So we just need to, to be okay and mindful with what we're actually buying and somehow transition and the, the transition is probably the problem not the actual uh, business model
1: yeah all right well that, that's a bigger topic which we no, sorry sort of took up your time now have we've covered that topic before oh what did, what do I think about it yeah well, i yeah. think you covered it it's it's cannibalizing the retail sales but they may need it for getting like the advertising up front for the product's existence so
0: yeah. All right. All right. One last one. Yep. All right. Hopefully this will be short. Okay. So we just talked about online sales and things like that. Um, and not going directly through the, the retail chain. And I just talked about uh, Steel Rift and I was thinking about buying the rules. Uh, but – to buy the rules, either you 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 get the book mailed to you, which I will probably eventually do. Spoilers, but this is spoilers for the future that I haven't actually done yet. I'm <laughs> just saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can buy it on currently a PDF on Drive Through RPG. So, what are your thoughts about Drive Through RPG? Do you know what that is? Oh, I've bought stuff from them.
1: So, all right, four minutes. So this is the last question. All right. So what do I think a drive-through RPG? I think it's I think their services very convenient. Like just being able to know you can go there. Because if you buy stuff off of like other random websites, you're like, oh, do I really want to send them like small retailers money? Is their service going to work? Like if I buy this like twenty dollar yeah. buck off of them, is their stupid website? not going to work i'm not going to get the pdf and i'm going to have to go through customer support with drive like you just have your info in there already you go on there you click on it you're like oh you want download it again it's been around for a while you go back to drive and just download it again so yeah. like as far as i found they offer a good service for everything being in one place i don't know if you list stuff there whether it's going to get you much traction because from what i've found they have like thousands upon thousands of books and it's kind of hard to organize things that way and I don't think I'm not sure there are too many reviews on there either it's not sort of like the level of Amazon reviews where you could just go and look at the quality of something and buy it based on that so I don't think it really would help it's gonna it, I don't think that particular website really helps people yeah, decide to too. buy stuff you so just have to know
0: find place to put your product mm-hmm. you think yep uh but you wouldn't necessarily think you don't think that the advertising kind of cachet, unlike Kickstarter, right, which does both. But for a very specific way to sell your product, drive through RPG is only generally you think good for the selling portion, but you wouldn't trust it to get the name out or to do much advertising for your for your products.
1: No, just it's a good re- reputable reputable way to sort of get your product to the consumer mm. if it's like a PDF rulebook.
0: Yep. Yeah, so for me, um, I'm not really fond of the user interface, but I understand that it's basically kind of become de facto the place to go, right? The other thing you could do, I guess, is just push it to Amazon, right? I've never actually bought PDFs and stuff from Amazon, but you should be able to just buy a book from Amazon relatively easily because they have a whole indie publishing arm for Amazon.
1: I thought Amazon pushed they're pushed you to just get it as a kindle version i'm sure there are pdfs as well but i can't remember so, exactly what they push
0: is that why i think i think they recently changed it but maybe that is true maybe you can only get it in their stupid Kindles proprietary format um so i could i could see i don't know i i mostly just don't like the drive-thru rpg uh ui and way to go and buy products it just no. feels
1: like all that antiquated and antiquated. Yeah. Well, if you've got your own website and you're like, okay, here's the link to go buy my product on drive through RPG. Nobody needs to navigate their site and you're fine. But like I said before, I don't That's think the thing. it's also breaking
0: there. branding, right. As, as a site, I feel like maybe it's because I don't know. I guess I trust websites in general more. Like as long as you're going through a reputable, uh, you don't have to put in your credit card info, right? So, or like, if you do, it's going through, let's say uh, a reputable one like Stripe, Square, or uh, or uh, Amazon, not Amazon, PayPal, sorry, right? Mm-hmm. You know, if the one click kind of kind of a, a thing, I'm fine generally with going through other sites. And I generally like it when, it when the other site just has a much cleaner user interface. I stay within that site. I don't have to go off brand to another place and it looks really not that nice so but at the same time maybe if drive 3 rpg was a lot prettier and allowed its stores to do some customization i would be more okay with it but as it stands i actually don't like it yeah no i I <laughs> even it though just, it is very useful like functionality wise it's fine
1: yeah yeah, i think usually when things are lifted, like because we play a lot of osprey games If things are like on Osprey site or DriveThruRPG, I usually just go to Osprey site and get it from them directly. So,
0: yeah. So, I don't know. I guess it's fine. Uh, Yeah, that's basically uh, it. So this this episode of uh, D6 Minutes. Uh, If you want to contact us, have any questions, or just comments or you want to tell us you know give us a high five or something you can do it virtually by contacting us contacting us at contact at dice
1: yep or finding us on facebook we're dice over everything it has been alan yeah it's been brandon
0: bye